0: Classical Post podcast, exploring the intersection of classical music, style, and wellness. We dive into meaningful conversations with leading artists from an array of different backgrounds. Based in New York City, Classical Post is a touchpoint for tastemakers. I'm Jonathan Eifert. Let's get into it. Today, my guest is Deshaun Burton, bass baritone and two time Grammy Award winner. It was so crazy what had actually happened because uh, two days before he won his second Grammy, we actually recorded this interview that you'll hear. And uh, obviously, at the time, we were only talking about his first Grammy Award, which was won back in 2013. And then, sure enough, literally two days later, he won his second. So I'm very, very happy for him. Uh, The second Grammy was for Best Classical Solo Vocal Album, um, Smith, The Prison. And the prior Grammy win back in 2013 was uh, Roomful of Teeth, the ensemble that he's part of, uh, won Best Chamber Music Small Ensemble Performance so I just wanted to preface uh, the show today uh, by giving you some of that background info but uh, without further ado, enjoy the show if someone were to play you in a movie, who would you want it to be?
1: Oh gosh I mean wow that's that's a big one i I feel like the only actor who could like get to the level of, of insanity uh, as, as who, of a person that I am, uh, is probably Jaleel White. Uh, and for all of you millennials who don't know Jaleel, who Jaleel White is, uh, he was in an incredibly popular TV show called Family Matters in the 1990s. And he played a, uh, a character called Steve Urkel and uh, my entire life has been uh, modeled after Steve Urkel's <laughs> amazing uh, just ways in, in, in his brilliance, but also his, um, uh, his complete inability to adapt to <laughs> society as a person. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'd have to say Jaleel White playing Steve Urkel. That would be the actor who <laughs> would probably, uh, you know, fit me best. Yeah.
0: Oh my God! I, it's funny you bring. I haven't heard about Urkel for e- ever. I actually used to watch Urkel with my grandfather. He would oh put it gosh. on on the the TV like in the evenings, and if they were like babysitting us, he he would watch it with my grandma, and then like I'd be there as a kid, and we'd watch he's, it. He's
1: he's the best babysitter. He'd probably build you a contraption <laughs> to like to babysit you while he was you know continuing to save the world, doing whatever. Uh, whatever he was, or chasing Laura, of course, That that's yeah. the other uh, huge part of <laughs> Steve Urkel. <laughs> but I, I'm glad that you at least have a passing knowledge of who he is. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah,
0: and I think we went from Urkel to Roseanne then, uh, or something. Yes, it was course, like Connors. these evening shows or something. <laughs> Let's get into uh, the good stuff, uh, or I think is good stuff. And that's a style. Uh, You know, this is one of those things that I always explain to um, people on the show that instead of talking about the initial artistry and where you put all your time and energy, I kind of like to think about what inspires that and what kind of feeds that outside of the actual uh, music making. And I find it really interesting because it's not just uh, applicable to artists, it's applicable to anyone in life. I mean, everyone is kind of fed from different sources outside of whatever work they do. So um, when it comes to artists, I find it really interesting where they kind of pull that uh, inspiration. So with that, who are, uh, what are your style icons? Uh, It could be in fashion, interiors, lifestyle, you name it.
1: Um, As you can tell, uh, if I have a chance to be, I will run in the direction of the nearest cuckoo cloud lander that is, exists and and I think my my 100% style maven uh is Thundercat who's this amazing bass player uh from from LA and he just he has sort of a very casual uh kind of you know virtuosity with his playing that is just like he just picks up the bass and he just throws down whatever and on top of that he dresses like a child one of my favorite kind of you know sort of uh uh style images in a way uh is to is is to think of what would a kindergartner do if a kindergartner (laughs) had a bank account that is what i would be uh that's kind of like the the style that i want desperately having said that the last uh you know 365 days or so i've i've gained enough weight to just throw all of my (laughs) amazing clothes away i haven't thrown them away but uh but yeah it's it's not as much uh fun sort of being at home and you know <laughs> not wearing sweatpants, so I, I need to I need to I need to find cooler sweatpants. I think that's the uh, that's the answer. Oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm done with that. Uh, describe your dream aesthetic, and again, this could be in in different aspects: so interiors, architecture, fashion, lifestyle, etc.
1: I think you know just in terms of in terms of a general lifestyle, it's it's anything that that is sort of welcoming uh to to people no matter how they feel and no matter who you are and you know if you're an introvert or an extrovert you know this this kind of feeling that that everyone uh is is welcome in the same place so i love uh especially you know places that are outside you know where everyone can go like there's no admission there's no velvet rope there's no you know kind of like steel barrier you know that that's why i love just kind of being outdoors um uh you know if if i can if i can get it as much as possible and i think um in in general style is such a um it's such a personal thing but it's it's that expression of that personal thing that really connects you to to your friends your family you know it's it's that connection that you're after and so uh you know having said that i i really think that um, any any kind of interior space that is that is kind of just comfortable and and uh, and you know has has interesting stuff to look at. So I'm a huge fan of Amy Sedaris as well. You know because she's so inventive with her silliness. You know it's not it's not just you know sort of using old toilet paper rolls to make you know kind of uh, you know just just crafts that no one would use. She she would actually figure out you know how what what you can do with old dead batteries, you know, to kind of make them uh, as, as a hilarious gift that someone would say, oh, this is from my crazy friend, Amy. And <laughs> I, I love looking at it. And I can't throw it away. That, that sort of thing uh, is, is kind of generally my, my style aesthetic. Um, if I feel, you know, like I'm <laughs> doing okay, because it, it's, it's hard, you know, especially in classical music, we, we have, you know, we have a, a few people who are very, very good at what they do and very focused at what they do. And so it's, it's kind of hard to talk about things like that sometimes. But, um, yeah. but yeah, desert island, that's, that's absolutely what I would be. <laughs> so.
0: I love it. <laughs> uh, it, what does your dream home look like now? Uh, so not yeah. from that kind of aesthetic idea, but just more of the, the, the ideal, um, home that you would want.
1: I, I would have to say that you know rule number one has to be a Tesla in the driveway um the, the, i I don't know why these cars get they they have my phone number i don't it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> um i i don't know i'm i'm not i'm not much of a much of a home or a sort of domicile or sort of you know structure mm. kind of person I love architecture i love you know all sorts of things but I've lived so many places i've moved so many places i've uh, traveled to so many places that you know my 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 chief experience uh, is kind of novelty and sort of being outside and sort of exploring. So, um, so I think my my um my true home's desire would be uh, the least expensive, smallest place that I could find that would uh, sort of force me to to kind of be outside as much as possible.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I totally get it. Um, what do you want your style to say about you? So it's kind of interesting what you just mentioned there, um, and it kind of alluded to that what you wanted to say about you. But maybe elaborate on that a bit more.
1: Absolutely, I think I really hope that my style uh, comes off as you know, sort of, um, in again, inviting uh, into my community. I, I want to talk to people who feel like they're weirdos, or you know, to talk to people who feel like, oh, I don't, I don't belong in this space. Uh, but then when you see, you know, a person who hopefully has the, the kind of general style that, that I have uh, inhabit this space, um, I, I hope that that, you know, is kind of my Pied Piper call to all of the people who uh, who feel like, yeah, that, that they just don't uh, either belong somewhere or really... Uh, um, unfortunately, oftentimes belong in uh, classical music spaces uh, as well. So I, I definitely want to to have that inviting communal feeling. Is there
0: people. any one product that you highly recommend?
1: Um, you know, I think oddly enough, this budget software called You Need a Budget, YNAB, um, integrates into your life and into your goals and into your uh, into the situation um, uh, that, that you have of, of this feeling of like, what do I want? Uh, my money to do for me, or or what do I? What are my goals in life? What do I want to feel like when I, you know, when I feel when I've achieved a financial goal? Um, it's 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 an amazing amazing app um, and company, and um, I just I love it. It's it's really changed my life over the last seven years, and it's helped me kind of figure out, you know, sort of again how to how to reinvest my time into things that that I love uh, rather than kind of you know, paying attention to a lot of sort of intense money topics. Um, if you if you have a plan, uh, if you if you come up with something uh, that works for you, I think that's great. Um, I did not have you know a lot of riches and and things growing up, so I think I had to really kind of redesign my relationship with money. And YNAB was the greatest thing for for me uh, in this in this case. It really helps you to. Just slow down and just to say, you know, what what am I doing with this? It's it's kind of the Mari Kondo of <laughs> of budgeting apps in a way. Um uh but but yeah, yeah. Any any sort of um app or, or um tool that that, you know, sort of is a system that that helps you feel closer to who you want to be. That's always what I what I love. And why not is one hundred and ten percent that for me. <laughs>
0: What's your guilty pleasure? There's
1: nothing wrong with RuPaul's Drag Race. So don't (laughs) even call it a guilty pleasure. (laughs) The the only guilt is that I haven't shown everyone, I haven't forced everyone in my entire life to watch every single episode. I think my grandmother might not be so into it. I think it might just be outside of her um, uh, zone of of taste.
0: Oh <laughs> I, my God! I think that's think
1: just prefers sports and things. But but I I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I I think everyone would if they gave it a chance, and um, and that's what I'm sticking to. Incredible.
0: <laughs> what energizes you and brings you excitement?
1: the The thing that energizes me most is connecting uh, with with people, especially students. Especially um, students who um, wouldn't normally have access to my field, classical music, um, or you know this kind of this kind of art, this sort of world. Um, sharing stories, you know, and, and hearing, literally sharing, you know, hearing about their lives, hearing about their days, and creating, you know, sort of that artistic feeling in them uh, through through their their lives as well. That's that's, I think, you know, the most exciting part of my job. Um, connecting with the audience after the show, being with students and um, and students of all ages, really, you know, even mm-hmm. even, um, you know, our elders uh, in a way, you know, are, are still still have so much curiosity. Um, and so, you know, when I'm able to visit a center uh, that, that, you know, has a lot of of, of people who are curious. Um, that, that's, that's what excites me the most.
0: What does success mean to you? Uh, I've been hearing from different people that it's definitely changed, um, for some anyway, over the pandemic, um, that there's kind of this reprioritization happening, um, but also not. So, what do you have to say uh, to all of that?
1: Success will always, to me, feel like feeling comfortable in your own shoes. A um, job is to is to help the people who have arrived after long days, after hard work, after their physical, you know, time being converted into money, which is then spent at a venue. Um, it's 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 really to to help people feel like they are worth this, and and mm-hmm. and to help people feel like uh, they are welcome in this space, and and indeed required uh, in this space to To help tell my story and to help me listen to to people's stories, so that's yeah. I, I I'm really grateful for success in in those measures.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, so with that on the kind of the macro success, um, let's talk about your greatest accomplishment professionally.
1: I've just been so so grateful, uh, but I, I think you know the the highest professional success uh, in my entire life um, is is. Um, actually, having my mother uh, be in the audience um, as I, as, as my group, uh, roomful of teeth, as we uh, won a Grammy award, um, uh, which you know, of course, is enough of a success on its own. But really, the most special thing was was uh, sort of working hard um, uh, to really create the opportunity for my mother to to attend, and you know, just to enjoy uh, that attention and sort of uh, celebration with us and. And uh, to kind of um, enjoy, you know, that atmosphere for a bit um, and to go to bed very early before <laughs> before <laughs> the traffic uh, kind of uh, got overwhelming because, yeah, it was a really long and crazy day. Um, and so I got to sort of after after our ceremony, we uh, walked to, I think, you know, the kind of next places and, you know, enjoyed that. But then, you know, she said, OK, I'm tired and I need to go. And I said, perfect. That, that's that's what I that's what I've really uh, enjoyed the most in my life. This, this memory is, is especially treasured.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, well, obviously it's a huge accomplishment. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, why don't you just describe, um, Oh sure. Um, yeah. how you won the Grammy, what it was for, that sort of thing.
1: I sing with a group called Roomful of Teeth, which is an eight person vocal ensemble. Um, that uh sings all kinds of music. Uh, we we are very interested in lots of intersections uh between our voices, between the voices of composers that we work with, between the voices of the teachers that we work with. We're we're very interested um in in the journeys uh that that our voices uh have um, during our short time on this on this earth. So uh, our first CD um we um, won a Grammy for uh and it was a really yeah it was just a a really joyous day
0: it's it sounds like an incredible journey especially uh the first album winning the grammy i think that's also really cool too it was like you know because not everyone records an album like the first one for an ensemble and then wins it you know what i mean it's like one of those things that might come later on but it's i think you guys really it's uh, what a a stroke of um synergy that happened probably all at at one moment
1: yeah yeah we we worked with some amazing amazing people um, including Caroline Shaw, who's a member of the group, um, and uh, wrote a piece called *Partita for Eight Voices*, which uh, won a Pulitzer Prize um, slightly before the the Grammy um, nomination and announcement and everything. And so uh, it it just it felt you know like a really great, as you said, synergy of of voices, people, ideas, um, a, a really exciting um, look into. Into what it means to be a singer in the twenty-first century.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so cool. Uh, for a- anyone who's um, listening, um, I know when I-, I believe that when anyone kind of wins a Grammy, especially for an ensemble, they usually get um, like kind of the same award, but it's divvied up um, for, with different people. Is that the case with the, this particular um, award, uh, or no? In our
1: in our specific category, uh, which was a uh, um, chamber ensemble. Um, I believe the cutoff was nine people uh, to be in the ensemble, and so we have exactly nine people uh, in the ensemble. So yeah, we all we all got an individual statue, and um, it's really a great a great honor, you know, to have such a storied kind of piece of of history uh, in that way. Um, and uh, and yeah, we're we're really grateful for the visibility that it that it uh, gave our composers and and sort of who we want. Uh, people around us to be. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really a lot of fun. I think my, my favorite story about uh, who, what, you know, where uh, individual statues have ended up, I think Caroline's maybe um, at the at the bottom of a fish tank uh, with water and <laughs> and fish inside of it. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, she, her's oh, my God. It yeah yeah I, I, I love it yeah
0: <laughs> that was my next question where do you have yours if you don't oh, mind goodness, me asking don't ask me it's, oh, okay it's <laughs> still in the box oh in my in god the closet.
1: i i really i can't even possibly look at the thing i mean it's it's really it's it's so it's such an honor and and so amazing and so wonderful but i'm um, I'm not so good at, you know, as you, as you might be able to tell, I'm not very good at uh, thinking about these, you know, sorts of things, except by, you know, perhaps writing or in memory or something like that, but yeah. Um, but yeah.
0: <laughs> it, totally <laughs> fine. No, it, it, good, everyone sorry. has their own way of, of, of doing that, but I, I was curious. <laughs> so where can people find you? Uh, I'm sure, I know you said you're not on Instagram or Tik TikTok, but uh, you probably have other platforms. So, uh... yeah,
1: I think I've got a couple of YouTube videos here and there and, um, you know, I've got a website that is uh, woefully out of date, but you know, you you can you can certainly contact me on on the website. Uh, that's that's really the best way to figure out. Sort of uh, what I'm up to. Um, just, just, yeah, just give me a ring and uh, and I'll let you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Deshaun, for uh, joining us on the podcast today. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners will find it really interesting. Um, again, just another artist on on their take of style, wellness, and and what they're doing professionally, uh, especially in the pandemic, but also coming out of it and and moving forward into the future.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Really, I'm I'm so grateful for you and all of your listeners and and uh, and I'm so happy to have had this conversation it was really really delightful
0: thanks for listening to the classical post podcast explore more insightful content on our website at classicalpost.com where we share original perspectives listening guides to new recordings and conversations with leading artists Stay abreast of classical music, style, and wellness by signing up for our monthly briefing delivered directly to your inbox. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Eifert. Thanks for listening.